All right. No, but we're glad that you guys are here. And at this time, we're going to pray over our tithes and our offering. And we do it because in case you're wondering, like, why every Sunday? Why every Wednesday do we do this? Do we pray for it? Do we talk about tithes and offerings? And I think about my grandson. He's three now. His name is Noah. And when he was two, I saw him do this for the first time. We're doing like a family get-together. And you know how you all stand around, you pray over the food. And so my daughter says, okay, it's time to pray, Noah. And he does this. His cute little two-year-old fingers and hands was like this. And as a grandma, I just wanted to start crying. I was so happy. I was so like, good boy. Oh, my goodness. But when I think about it, it was like he had to be taught that. And he had to be reminded. He doesn't know on his own, like, when it's time to say grace. Or he doesn't know what to do or what to say or what to say thanks for. He had to be taught that and reminded. And so for us, whether we're two or 92, we're still children of God. We're still a child of God. So we got to be reminded sometimes to take a moment to really just think about all he does in our life and to be thankful. And so that's what we do during our tithes and offerings. Not only just because, you know, it's biblical or that we do this. It's because also we get to partner with him and to do other things for children that are not knowing him yet. And so we can keep his kingdom growing and growing. And that's why we do what we do. Now, if this is your first time that you're here, please don't feel like, okay, so am I supposed to? Like, how much? What do I do? Don't worry about it because we just want to make sure that you're here to learn more, to be in the presence of the Lord and be with your brothers and sisters, your new family here, okay? So don't feel obligated to give. But for those of us who we know that this is the deal, we know that this is what we want to do, we want to partner with God to building his kingdom, then this is our time that we like to pray over our tithes and our offerings, okay? So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to partner with you and to keep reaching or attempting to reach your children, Lord. More and more are out there. And we want to see them saved. We want them to know you, God. So please accept our offering and please take it and multiply it like only you can. And just may it help to build your kingdom, Lord. The kingdom of eternity with all your children. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say amen. Now on the screen you're going to see four ways to give. Whether it's texting or app or some other way one two three yeah oh you can mail it <laughs> or if you're here and you want to give and then you can still do that because I'm a paper person I get it I'm hands-on um, you can put it in the boxes in the back of the sanctuary on your way out and if you want to know more about tithes and stuff you know you can ask one of the pastors or ask Pastor Ben you know since nah I'm saying I'm gonna throw his name every time but you can ask one of us and and we can help pray with you about that also and with our tithes and our offerings and because you guys are so generous we are able to also reach people that are still getting to know the Lord or people who have known the Lord for a while, but we still want to um, bring more people, whether you're 2 or 92. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we had our seniors prom. I don't know if you guys heard about that, the seniors prom. And I'm not old enough to go to the seniors prom. So I was like, oh, man, shocks. Wait, is that shucks? Yeah, shucks. Because they had fun and they had good food and they had a blast. Our seniors are very lively. Okay, don't let the age fool you, all right? And then last week, we had a young adults retreat on Oahu. And so I was thinking about it and I, I heard this term that we are a multi-generational church from 2 to 92 and more, you know? And so it doesn't matter how old you are, like God 
is not done with us yet. You know, because if we're still breathing and living, that means there's still stuff for us to do. And there's more children that we need to help him bring here. So if in case you guys are wondering, like, where was Pastor Sheldon last week, Sunday? He was at this camp. And we actually have a video for you guys to see what they did. So let's take a look. It is so good to see you, Sheldon Loxina here. I am at our Young Adults Retreat here on Oahu on the North Shore. And it is incredible to be among these young folks watching them grow in their journey with Jesus. It is 11 o'clock at night. What an amazing day. It was fun, filled with a lot of activities, but it was good. We will see you in the morning. We are on day three of our fitness retreat. Red, drop here. Red, come on. I trained you for the Stay connected to Jesus. No matter what. It was an incredible week. Uh, the first night we talked about accepting God's love. Second night we talked about staying connected to Jesus no matter what. And then uh, the final day last night, we just talked simply the journey in this life to walk with him. So enjoy the journey. That's the whole point, to enjoy the journey. We heard stories of people whose lives were not just transformed but there were some aha moments uh, there were times of fun games and all of that yeah activities and they were able to find not just community but new relationships were formed that's part of what makes this retreat so incredibly valuable and important and so we'll see you guys next time So we want to say thank you for being a church that sends people out so that we can continue to reach people uh, for Jesus. And being with these guys, unbelievable. And it was, yes, it was fun, but watching them draw closer to Jesus reminds us that we got to continue to do what we do. And that being a multi-generational church allows us, as we get older, 
like Pastor Kat was saying, it's like, where do we fit in all of this? Well, we're always looking out for those who are coming to know Jesus as Lord and Savior so that they too can find that hope, the hope that we know of. And therefore, as they continue to trust in God, we'll see them grow and mature in the Lord. I know sometimes, and I've said this before, he's kids nowadays. That phrase, just that phrase alone. But it's us too. We can pour out into their lives. No, they don't listen. They don't listen. Well, then be listenable. And to Chris, you got to write that down because you know what I meant. So we, we get to do this for Jesus. So thank you. Thank you to our pastors and our staff. Uh, and just for being who you are as a church, you're doing a lot for the kingdom of God. We're still getting ready for our downtown Hilo place. Uh, the staff uh, went down there the other week and uh, had, our, had a staff meeting down there, but we also did some prayer, walked around the city of Hilo and just did a prayer walk. So there are good things that God is doing in a world that looks like not so many good things are happening. And it really comes down to us trusting in God, which we're going to talk about today, which is pretty interesting because we trust people sometimes more than we trust God. Think about that. We trust people. Some of you love coffee, and you trust that when you go into the coffee shop that they're not going to give you something poisonous. You trust that they're going to give you what you order. The worst is when you go through the drive-thru, you get your order, you drive off, and instantly you can smell, it's like, that's not my coffee. That's, I know that's not my coffee. I, I usually get five shots. This is only two. I can smell the difference. Like, you know the difference? You can smell the sweetness. You know the difference. But still, you go back and you trust people. We drive on the highway and cars are coming at us at the same speed. If you're on a highway, 55 miles an hour, or if you're up Saddle Road, and you trust that these cars that are coming at you, they're going to stay in their lane. We're not driving saying, I don't trust that car, I don't trust that car, I don't trust that guy, I don't trust that guy, look at that guy, shifty. You don't do that. I mean, sometimes we do worry a little bit if we're driving in the rain, but more often than not, we trust people. Sometimes more than we trust God. God's faithfulness is a lot better than our faithfulness with each other. Yet we still put our trust in one another. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, we're going to take a look at this passage that helps us in how we can trust God and why it's so important to trust Him and, and how God can be trusted to keep His promises. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, Hebrews chapter 10. If not, it'll pop up here on the screen or for those of you who are online or if you're using the, the app. But it, it starts off in this way, in, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, and I'll read through to 25. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. So let me just clarify what this is. When the Israelites, God's chosen people, would meet with God, only the high priest could meet with God because of God's holiness. The ordinary people could not meet with God. So at that time, a man by the name of Moses was the one who would meet with God. He's the one God gave the Ten Commandments to. So Moses met with God on behalf of the people. What the author of Hebrews is saying is, now you can go because of what Jesus has done. And there was the most holy place, the holy of holies, that Moses would meet with God. Only the high priest could meet with God in that place. And so what the author is saying is, nope, you can enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. In other words, Jesus 
paid the sacrifice or he sacrificed his life so that we could be cleansed from all unrighteousness to stand before a righteous God. So we're cleansed because of the shed blood from Jesus. I know it sounds like, wait, I don't even get that. But life is in the blood. Right? With no blood, there is no life. So Jesus gave his life so that we could have one. God is the giver of life so that now when we connect with God, he's the one that sustains us so we can stand before a righteous God because of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. There was a curtain that separated the most holy place from the common areas. And since we have a high priest who rules over God's house, which is Jesus Christ, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. We can walk right into the presence of God. Some of us, and I was in this place at one point, we had a hard time walking into the doors of the church because we would say things like, no way I can go church because the church is going to burn down. The walls are going to fall apart. There's no way I can come into church. So we already have that mentality. So what the author is saying is, no, because of what Jesus has done, you can walk right into the presence of God, which God is everywhere. We're already in the presence of God. The question is, am, am I thinking that way? Do I recognize his presence? He's always speaking, but I'm not always listening. So we can boldly walk into the presence of God. We're sprinkled with his blood. It continues, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So God can be trusted to keep his promise. Remember growing up, we used to say that word, or if we're telling a story or we're saying something, and in order for the other person to trust us, we would say, I promise. No, I promise. And if they didn't trust that what you were saying was true or accurate, what, what did we add on to that? I promise to God. I promise to God. Like it's like, okay, I believe you a little bit more. You're promising to God because you know that God can strike you, so you're not going to lie. I promise to God. So we bring in God's name to give a little bit more validity and value to what I'm trying to say. No, I promise, I promise. I'm not lying. I promise to God. And then if they didn't believe us, we would cross our heart. No, no, I promise to God. Cross my heart. And if that didn't work, we would cross our heart and hope to die. Like we were so adamant. Like, no, I promise to God. Cross my heart. Hope to die. Like, well, okay, I believe in you a little bit more. You're ready to die in this story you're telling me. And if that didn't work, I cross my heart, hope to die, stick how many needles in my eye? Like thousands of needles in my eye. <laughs> Who came up with this stuff? I cross my heart, hope to die, stick 10,000 needles in my eye. At that point, it's like, bro, I believe you. Yeah, okay, the fish was that big. I believe, I believe. If you're willing to stab your eye with 10,000 needles, two, one needle enough, 10,000. So it's, we're trying, to, we're trying to build trust with someone with our words and what we're trying to say. And we still put our trust in people. Sometimes more than our trust in God. So what the author is saying is, no, you can trust God to keep his promise with all that he has done you can trust in him. 
And sometimes our circumstances get in the way of trusting God for what he has already, already done. And just to know that we can boldly walk into the presence of God and be in the presence of God, knowing that all that he has done for us with paying the price for our sin was done so that we could stand in his presence should already give us enough reason to trust in him. That we can hold tightly, not wavering to this hope that we affirm that God can be trusted. Have you ever held on to something told so tightly that your hands, are, that they get stuck? There's, a, there's a, a passage in 2 Samuel in the Bible, 2 Samuel chapter 23, where a man by the name of Eleazar, one of David, who is the, was the king of Israel, one of his mighty men, that Eleazar stood his ground and struck down the Philistines. The Philistines were the enemies of God, the enemies of the Israelites, till his hand grew tired and froze to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. It's like the, the, the writer of Hebrews is saying, you know this guy Eleazar, how his hand, like he held tightly to that sword? Yeah, Let's hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm that God can be trusted. So much so that like you've got to pry your fingers off of the hope that we affirm that God can be trusted. You're hanging on so tight that your hands are frozen to this promise that God has that he can be trusted. For many of us, maybe, maybe it's like you, 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 you weed whack, right? You weed whack all day. You came from a small yard, moved to a place there's like two acres, you're like, Yeah! more land and you're like shucks I got a weed whack and now you hang on to this thing after that you know three four hours your hands are stuck because you just held tightly that's the picture that the author of Hebrews wants us to have you hang you hang on tightly to the hope that we affirm that God can be trusted to keep his promise he can be trusted in Romans 10 17 tells us that our faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. That's where our faith comes from. So if we know anything about, about the word of God, we know that this is our sword, the word of God. Ephesians chapter six tells us, put on the full armor of God. Put on the belt of truth. Shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Put on the breastplate of righteousness and the helmet of salvation. Take up the shield of faith and then the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God that we hang on so tightly to every single word that God gives that you, you, can't, you can't take this grip. You can't pry my fingers off of the truth and the word of God because I'm hanging on so tightly to it versus hanging on tightly to the ways of the world. We don't know the truths of the world. We listen to something, we watch the news, we see a TikTok video, something that comes up and we're like, I believe that. I believe that. But then when it comes to God, it's like, nah, I'm not sure because I'm watching the circumstances. And we put our trust into people more than we do even God's word. Yeah, but God's word is old. You old too? <laughs> yeah, we still put our trust in one another. It's, his word is timeless. Why would you need to change something if it's already perfect? You don't need to change God's word. It's relevant for every timeline. It's his word. You don't have to change his word because he's perfect. It works at every point of history. It's more relevant than any social media post that was just posted. And it's 
This is where our faith is built. That's why we do what we do here. We preach the word of God. Why? Because that's where faith comes from. It's hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So you might be saying, well, okay, I need some, give me, just, just give me one reason why I should be able to trust in God or why should I trust God? Well, Psalm 9, verse 10, when I read this, I thought that makes sense. That those who know your name trust in you. Why? For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. He's never. If I look at my life and all that God has done, he's, he's, never, he's never left me. He's never let me down. He's never stopped on his promises. He never wavered. He, he has always been faithful. So if we want to take something away today, keep seeking God together. Keep seeking God together. Keep seeking him. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know about my faith right now. That's okay. Keep seeking God. You know, I, I don't trust God right now. That's okay. Keep seeking God. Keep seeking God together, together as a family, together in, as, a, as a married couple, together if you're dating, together as, as a, a parent and child, together in school, together in your community, your, the, the group of people that you hang around with. Just keep seeking Jesus together. As a church, we keep seeking God together. And the reason why it's together is because that's how God wired us up. We don't grow and mature in Christ outside of one another. We need one another. We don't grow outside of a community of believers. God didn't create us to be siloed by ourselves to grow in him. He created us so that together we could grow with one another on our journeys together. Part of it is because we don't even know our own things to work on. It requires another person. It requires some people to come alongside and say, yeah, you got to, yeah, that was kind of harsh. Yeah, yeah. As a believer, you were speaking like that to that person, that, that was kind of harsh. No, that wasn't harsh. That was their fault. I hear you. I hear you. Okay, I get it. I get it. And sometimes we just need someone else to vent with, to talk things out. And God will use that group of people to grow us and mature us. And sometimes we say, I don't need nobody else. Just me and you, God. He's like, you do. That's why you're like that. You, that's why you're the way you are. You, you need one another. We need one another. That's why when God would, or when Jesus would send out his disciples, he sent them out two by two. It was in their relationship that would speak the gospel, not their words. And as they're going from place to place, they could come together as the disciples and learn from one another and grow in that community. See, it's in the seeking God out where we're going to see his promises unveil. It's seeking God out together in that way where trust is built. It's like finding evidence along the way. Like God is everywhere. Some people say, I, don't even, I can't even see God. But look for the evidence of God because it'll lead you to him. Heidi, my wife, we've been married for 30 years, been together for 37 years. She knows when I'm home because she sees the evidence. She sees my shoes right in front of the door, my truck parked crooked, whatever it is. She knows I'm home. It's, there's evidence. When you wake up in the morning, you know who's up because of the evidence. Sometimes you can smell the coffee. Sometimes you smell somebody cooking. Sometimes you hear water running. Whatever it is, there's just evidence, and you know they're there. And the same is true with God. He, 
His presence is everywhere and he's, it's evident that he's there. Early this morning while we were getting prepared for today and you know, different things were happening. We had to do some things that had to change up and, and all of that. Pastor Kat gets a, a, like a notification from one of her Bible apps and it was Romans 8.28. You know, for God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him to those who are, call, who are called according to his purpose. And she reads it, she's like, huh, God must be telling us something. And I was like, yeah, that's not a coincidence. Like, he's always speaking. He's always speaking. It's, it's are we listening? Because he's always, he's always wanting the very best for us. So we keep seeking him together. If you're in a family of pranksters, hard to trust them, right? Like the moment they say, oh, um, come follow me. <laughs> right there, you're like, hey, I ain't following you. No, 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 open the cabinet. <laughs> it's like, you're not gonna trust them. Why? Because of their track record. They've done things to you. They, when they act suspicious, it's like, what's the matter? Nothing, just go to the car. <laughs> you're not going to trust them. <laughs> Open the trunk. I ain't opening the trunk. <laughs> well, there's a track record. So God doesn't have that kind of track record. His promises have always come to pass. So what he says can be trusted. In Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, he tells us, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your Heart. Now, why is the heart included in seeking God and finding him? What's, what's the big thing with the heart? Well, you, you and I have dealt with this if we have children, or maybe we were that child when our parents would tell us to do something. Clean your room, wash the dishes, put away your things, uh, do your homework and all of that. Very rarely, very rarely is it, okay. I love doing my homework, and we do the thing. Or, can you go clean your room? Absolutely. In fact, I was going to do that like 10 minutes ago, but I lost track. Thank you for reminding me. And they go do their thing. What happens after they, they're asked to do something? Aww. And what do we say? We say, come, come here, come here. No, I'm going to clean my room. Just come here, come here. What? <laughs> what? But wh why, why, wh what is our concern? They're going to clean the room but what was why were we why did we stop for that moment what was happening what were what were we trying to deal with that the heart their attitude right They're, if they, they can clean their room with a horrible attitude we've done that as parents right we want to let each other know we're mad so we put away dishes loud forks knives spoons drop kick the drawer open the refrigerator put things away slam it we, we do that we even turn on the light hard and it's because we, we want each other to know we're mad but it's the heart behind it that, that's, that's, that's the problem we have with one another we're trying to correct attitude not action that's why I say come here no no come here no come no no come here come here I, I need to correct something Oh, what? Honey, I know we've been married for a while, but we cannot act like this in front of our children. <sighs> Whatever. 
We, we correct attitude, and God's no different. He's saying, I look at your heart. So when you seek me and search for me with all your heart, you're going to find me because there's no attitude in it. God, how come this? How come that? You know, my circumstances, you didn't do this and blaming you for that. He's saying, just come to me with all of your heart. That's what he's looking for. And he says, when you seek me, you will find me. When you search for me with all of your heart. But if we come to God with an attitude, he's like, come, come, we gotta fix that. We gotta. Because God is more concerned about our heart in trusting him than him just changing our circumstances because he can. He's a relational God. He's not a genie in the lamp. He wants a relationship with us because he loves us. And we can have a relationship with him because he loves us. He never broke his promise. He's never turned his back on us. We can hold tightly to the faith that we have in God, the one we can trust without wavering to the hope that we affirm that God can keep his promises. He can be trusted to keep his promises. What is the proof? For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. He's never forsaken us. Still there. It's the story of the the family whose home caught on fire and they had to escape. And so the dad and mom are out there with their children, but they notice one child is not with them and it's their son. And he's still in the house where all the firefighters show up. And now the son is trapped and the dad is like, I can't, I can't get in there, but um, I know my son is still in there. And just then they hear his son, dad, mom. They're like, where are you? I'm out here. And they can see him on the second story on the balcony. And all the smoke is going up. And they said, son, you, you can't go through the house. You're going to have to jump. He said, dad, I can't, I can't see. All I see is smoke. I can, I can hear you, but I can't see you. And dad is like, no, son, you, if you jump, don't worry. Daddy will catch you. I've always caught you. Just like how we do. Just jump. Yeah, but, but dad, I, I can't see you. And dad is looking up. Kind of had to pause a little bit and just, son, I can see you. It's okay. You don't need to see me. If you just jump, daddy will catch you. I will catch you. And yeah, it took some moments, but After a while, the son got enough courage, even though he couldn't see, to just jump. And while he's jumping and the smoke begins to clear, there's dad right there, and he catches him. <laughs> and some of us feel like that with God. We feel like that with our life, like everything's in flames, and I can't see God. I can't see my way. I don't even know what am, where am I going to go with all of this. And I can't, I can't see God. And there are moments, even during our day, we, we believe in God, but we just can't see him. <laughs> it's like God saying, I can see you. I can see you. You just jump to me, and I'll catch you. I've always caught you. I've always caught you. God is a lot better at catching us than we are aiming at his open arms. 
So seek him. Do that together because he's a God that can be trusted 100%. He's undefeated. Let's do that today. Would you pray with me? Bow your heads for a moment. Heavenly Father, sometimes our trust in people are, are more than our trust in you. So with all that we go through, good times and bad times, may our trust not be dependent, or our trust in you not be dependent on our circumstances, but, but on your faithfulness in who you are. And sometimes we can't see through this. We, it, it feels like there's no way out, and we're stuck. And we can't see through all of the smoke, the fire, the heat, the pressure, the stress, but you can see us. You know exactly where we are. And you're a whole lot better at catching us than we are at aiming at your arms. So may we seek you out. May we jump to you, knowing that you will work all things together for good. You will catch us. So thank you for your word. May we hang on tightly to your word more than we hang on to the words of of the world for we are your people and we get to be in your presence we can boldly step into your presence help us to realize that you're there and we do this together as family in our relationship in our marriages as friends as a community, as a church, we do this together with you. We pray all of these things in your precious, holy, and trusted name. And we all said together, amen, which means so be it. It is sealed. It is done. It has been said. God can be trusted. When you leave today, just walk in, in, that, in that spirit because God is going to show up everywhere. We just got to seek him and we'll find him. God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you next week or this week, Wednesday. Have a great day.